Good day, and welcome to another edition of The Journey Life with Dr. Joe. Well, here we know that journey living is holistic living, living of the mind, the body, and the spirit. I hope you're well, and I hope you're blessed, and I want to welcome all of you to another edition of The Journey Life podcast with yours truly, Dr. Joe. We have received wonderful feedback of these uh, podcasts and it's our goal and objective to keep things coming fresh content we're about to kind of merge and getting to getting into some other new exciting things as it relates to the journey specifically the type of content that we'll be bringing on this particular podcast more spiritual things things to show the balance of holistic living that it's not just about the, the body, but the mind and the spirit as well. This particular podcast is based off of a question that was sent um, about a week ago, last week. And I felt, you know, sometimes when you guys are submitting questions, it's not that one question is better than another, but some questions are worthy, I think, of a more in-depthful approach and may provide for a... Um, an entire show and this particular question does that but before we get into that I want to give a big shout out to all of the individuals who make this possible we have a screening team we have a production team we have a newsletter team they're constantly providing great information insight the journey administrator and all of you guys who have have planted seeds your time, your effort. Without you guys, there would be no journey. So big shout out to you all. I want you guys to visit the website at formyjourney.com and you can see the constant updates that we're making as time progresses. So big shout out to you all. So let's read the question. It says, Dear Dr. Williams, I'm going through a rough time emotionally and I find that either I don't want to eat at all or when I do, I want comfort food that isn't healthy. I know this is a rough patch and it's only temporary and I will it'll pass pass by but I don't want it to hinder the progress I've made over the last year. Journaling and prayer are helping to deal with the emotional pain parentheses some days are better than others in parentheses but there are still some days that I don't want to eat or I don't want to eat the right and correct foods. I appreciate any advice that you have. Well, this is for you to whomever sent this particular uh, question. I'm glad that you took the time to send in your question. It's a great question, and I don't know if I'll be able to answer it exactly as you desire, but I do feel that I have a bit of insight on this, and I'm sure there are others who are struggling with this as well. And that's why the title of this particular podcast is called Emotional Eating. Emotional Eating. You know, um, let me let me first start by saying. um, The entire concept of eating has been largely perverted in this culture. And when you hear that word perversion, when something's perverted, it basically means you're doing something with it that it wasn't made to do it wasn't intended you know so anything can be a perversion 
Anything can be perverted. It's not just in a sexual context. But virtually anything that is done that is outside of what it was made to do or to be is a perversion. And in many instances, the way we eat in our culture is perverted. And I'm going to tell you why. Eating is largely social in this particular in our culture. It's, it's a social event. There are always events. If you go to a party, if you go to a wedding, if you go to a funeral, I don't care if it's a good celebration, a bad one. Food is going to be that entity that brings people together. That's what we do. When people get married, we eat. When children are born, we eat. When people pass away, there's a repast. We eat. We eat for holidays. We eat when it's raining outside. You know, when we're celebrating, we're eating. When we're upset, you know, we'll go grab, you know, a candy bar and we'll eat. And this subject matter starts with all of you who are listening to understand you have to unpervert and you have to establish a healthy relationship with food. Food is to the body what gas is to a car. It fuels you physically, spiritually, emotionally. It gives you what you need and it fuels you through, you know, throughout that day. And don't think that if you're physically weak or strong that that's not going to affect you spiritually. I'm not saying that the spirit needs food, but we do need food in order for the spirit and the emotions to be in healthy balance one with it, one with the other. Because if you're eating the wrong foods, don't think that the improper foods are not going to affect you emotionally or spiritually because they will. So the first thing that I want you to understand is is a part of journey living is establishing a healthy relationship with food and a healthy relationship with food is you're basically allowing the food to give you the best fuel that you need day in and day out now now think about it like this if you if you, if you have a really nice car right let's say a nice sports car and you drive up to um, the gas station and you've got low grade 87 octane or, or was it was it 83 87 92 whatever low grade mid grade or premium and you guys know where I'm going with this what are you going to put in your car you're going to put premium you can't put lower grade fuel in a high performance motor and expect it to do what it was made to do. And that's what we're doing day in and day out. When we I was I was at racetrack getting some gas the other day, you know, quick trip getting some gas the other day. And it was seven o'clock in the morning, people were going in, just piling in the store, getting chips and hot dogs and slushies, all of this crap food crappy food laden in fat high sugar highly processed and then people eat like this day in and day out that's just like you being a sports car because we are high performance entities being human beings 
but we're putting crappy gas in our body. So the first thing that before we even get into what emotional eating is, how we combat it, the first thing that we have to understand is we have to reestablish a healthy relationship with food. And one of the things that the journey does is it doesn't just put you on a diet, but it shows you exactly how the fuel works in your body. We emphasize on proteins, carbs, and fats. We show you what they are. We show you the ones that you need to eat, the ones that you need to stay away from, and the balance of how you need to eat them. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. So back to um, uh, emotional eating. Emotional eating is definitely real, ladies and gentlemen. And there are two types of individuals who are listening to that podcast. Number one, the individuals who saw this and said, you know what, that's me. I do that all the time or I've done that or I struggle with this or individuals who do it, but are not conscious that they are eating emotionally. Now, let me tell you the reason why. So many people have issues with, quote unquote, emotional eating and to whomever it is that submitted this question, I hope that um, this particular episode helps you when you're eating when you're eating food when you consume something that you like comfort foods the act of eating releases a chemical in the brain it's called endorphins and when endorphins are released endorphins are natural feel good chemicals. They're the chemicals that make you happy. They're the chemicals that make you smile, that make you feel good about where you are in life, who you are. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, drugs, for example, crack cocaine is nothing more than a perversion of that. When a person is smoking crack, it floods chemically, floods the brain with endorphins. So That feeling of quote unquote high is basically massive, unnatural amounts of endorphins being released in the brain, creating this feeling of euphoria. That's all drugs are. It's basically taking a natural hormone and giving it to the brain in unnatural amounts. That's that's basically what people get hooked on. They get hooked on not the drug, but what and how the drug makes them feel. So believe it or not, the same way drugs releases endorphins in the body, food does the same thing. That's why eating is comforting. That's why we indulge ourselves in emotional eating. That's why every 28 days, females, when you begin to have your cycle, I'm not trying to be graphic, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's natural. But when you have your cycle, you begin to crave certain things, chocolates. Primarily. Why chocolate? Because chocolate releases endorphins that help to stabilize the mood. That's why you crave those things. So it's a chemical thing that's going on. That's the first thing that I want you all to understand. It's easy to get caught up in emotional eating because when you eat the body is releasing chemicals it's very very important for you to know it's very very important for you all 
to understand, okay? Now, the worst part of emotional eating is not when you eat. Because when you're eating the foods, you feel great because that's when the endorphins are released. That's when, you know, you get your chocolate fix or your ice cream or, and, and, and you know, we, at the end of the day, gang, listen, we all have that one food that just drives us crazy. And for me, my food crack was, um, and I say that joking, but my food crack was um, Cold Stone. I would go and I would get the biggest size that they had. That cookie minster would be that mint chocolate ice cream. I'm, I'm making somebody drool right now with the Oreos in it. That's just what that was my thing. That was my fix. I was happy. I want to be by myself. I didn't want people to see me eat like that. We all have our thing. Now, let me tell you something. The worst part of emotional eating is not when you're eating, but it's the aftermath. Once you finish that last spoonful, then it's like for the high that the food gave you, here you come crashing down because this is when reality sets in. It's the crash. It's just like the crash of the drug addict who he hits the, the drugs, the cocaine, the weed. And, you know, when you drunk or you buzzing or you high, everything is great, but you got to come back down. And when you come back down. That's when reality slaps you in the face again. And this is where people have the issues because they have reoccurring issues because time reality sets back in. You, you want to feel better again. So you eat something else to give you that that hit that feeling you see. And then it happens over and over again and again. And, it, and, it, and it, you, you, you wind up in a conundrum. Just the same vicious cycle over and over again. And again and again. Now, the worst part of emotional eating is not when you're eating, but it's after. You get up on the scale and you see that scale go up three, four, five pounds. Feeling bloated, gassy. Just the feeling of being defeated. It's like, man, how did I let myself get to this? How did I do that? You know, how, how did I? And you just feel horrible. You feel bad and you feel nasty and disgusting. And you just. It begins to make you feel bad about other areas of your own life. You know, you know, it's just a, it's just a horrible feeling. Now, many of you guys are, are out there listening to this and you say, well, wow, you know, that that's me. Or that is me. or That was me. Or whatever it is. Well, I, I want you to feel feel okay about that because the reason why I can identify is because that was me. Whoever you are that wrote this email and to those of you guys who are listening to this and you're an emotional eater, listen, that was me. I've been in those shoes. I've been there. I know how it feels. Listen, I'm 37 years of age. I'll be 38 in a couple of weeks less than a couple of weeks and in my 37 almost 38 years on this planet thank god i've never tried any drug weed nothing like that and i don't expect a, a a star from it it's just a conscious decision that i made i just never wanted to go down that road of addiction so drugs was never my thing 
Drinking was never my thing. Excessive. Notice I said excessive. <laughs> excessive partying was never my thing. But my thing, my fix was was food. Now, what you have to understand is, culturally speaking, it's more accepting for us to be addicted to food than it is drugs or alcohol. Those have different social markers to them. But spiritually speaking, it's all the same because it's an addiction. And when you are addicted to something, you fabricate your own idol. You fabricate something that takes the place of God. If I'm seeking refuge in drugs and alcohol and sex and pornography and food, it's all the same spiritually because that means that's that's idolatry. That means something else is taking the place of me seeking my refuge. And all of us shouldn't be seeking refuge in, in food or or drugs, but we should be seeking refuge in God. All right. So even though socially is different, you have to understand spiritually it's all the same. Okay, man, that was me. That was me. I was the classic emotional eater. Classic. You know, I would always want to eat by myself. When I would go in those little binges. I would go to different grocery stores with people who didn't, you know. No, and mind you, while I was doing this, I, I didn't know that I had a problem. You have to understand, um, for those of you who listen to this, I'm now understanding what I was doing. But at the time, I wasn't out there doing these things and I'm conscious of my actions. But it was a subconscious thing. It was a, it was a subconscious thing that I was doing. I wasn't aware that I was doing these things, but I would eat by myself. I would play little mind games on myself. Let me tell you what I would do. I would go to my house, the place I was living at the time, and I would, um, you know, get the ice cream, put it in the refrigerator, and then I would take a small little bowl and put like two scoops, you know, make myself feel like I'm eating a proper portion. Then I would go upstairs and sit in front of the television, eat it. And then go downstairs and fill it up again. You know, I was I was doing all these games, you know. You know, get a piece of fried chicken, a little, little you know, you, you kind of psyching yourself out. But, you know, if you going down, going back three and four times, you might as well have just eaten the whole thing, which is what I did. I mean, I was a I was a full fledged foodaholic. Food was my friend. You know, I would eat breakfast, think about what I'm going to eat for lunch. If I had a good day, I wanted to eat. When I had a bad day, I wanted to eat. It was a full fledged addiction. I was a classic emotional eater. And I'm talking to someone today who is in those places. Now, I don't want to just. I didn't want to just use this episode just to talk about the problems, but I want to give solutions. And the reason why I'm glad about this is to whoever you are, I've been in your shoes and it's going to be all right. That's the first thing. That's what this platform does. This platform is a place for people just like you. 
You can listen. I can share my story because there's nothing that you can talk about in this subject matter that I haven't lived it and that God has not allowed me to overcome. And all I want to do is share with you what I did to help overcome my problems. Now, let's put a period on all the stuff that we just said and let's move to the resolution. If you are in emotional eating, what are some tips that you can have? All right. So you won't or so that you can break this vicious cycle. Well, the first thing I want you to understand is before I get into anything, realize that what I'm saying may be things that you've never heard together. You may have heard them individually, but see the validity of what I'm saying as a person who's once who's once been there and lived that that particular lifestyle. The first thing that you want to do is you want to put yourself in a position where you're not a victim or a target of your own emotions. And the first thing that you want to do is making exercise a part of your daily life. And I'm going to tell you why. You remember earlier in the show when I told you that when you eat endorphins are released, that feel good natural drug. You remember that? Well, guess what? Just like endorphins are released when you eat, endorphins are released when you exercise. And there's a key. There's a time to do it. And the time, the best time to set your day and to maximize the effects of what I'm teaching you is in the morning. I know we got families, children, work. I'm 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 just telling you what I've learned. And if you can set your lifestyle to the point to where you can do this, it's going to make all the difference in the world. Now, when you get up in the morning, when the first thing you do is you meditate, you read the word of God, you pray, you know, you do all of your things and you get a good exercise. You don't have to exercise long. It can be 20 to 30 minutes of jogging, running, jump roping, brisk walking, something that's getting your heart rate up, something that's allowing you to get a good sweat. You don't want to be looking cute and doing nothing because if you're not going to do anything, you might as well not go to the gym or do whatever you're going to do. You don't need you don't need a, a gym membership. All you need to do is 20 to 30 minutes of some type of vigorous exercise on your level. So what's vigorous for me may not be vigorous for you, may not be vigorous for the next person, so on and so forth. This is not the episode for me to teach you how to work out. I'm just speaking in concepts, working out, getting a good sweat. What you're going to do is your body's going to release that natural endorphin that's going to put you on that high. You're going to feel focused. You're going to feel bright. You're going to feel alert, bright eyed, bushy tailed, as my grandmother would say. Now, what you'll notice is. When you start the day off with a good workout, you put yourself in a position psychologically to where you don't want to mess up the workout. And what happens is it's easier to not eat that donut. It's easier to not eat that muffin. It's easier not to not to gouge or to gorge on that particular food or to skip a meal when you know, hey, listen, I just put in. 30 minutes of hard work. I ain't messing this up for nobody. If I had the discipline to wake up, to come out here and to exercise, then 
you know, you know, darn it, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to eat like I'm supposed to eat, whether that's eating the right foods, not skipping a meal or not eating the wrong foods or whatever that is. It puts you in a frame of mind that you want to be in. So that's the first thing that I noticed. I noticed the days that I would get up and get a good workout, a good exercise. All right. That I would have less bouts of emotional eating. Why? Because the exercise would give me the feel good that I wanted without the donut, you see, without the ice cream, without that extra batch of, you know, shrimp fried rice up at the, you know, the, the, the Chinese buffet or whatever it is. So that's the first thing that I noticed. That's the first thing that I did. And I do it to this day. The second thing is you want to be prepared to be successful. And, and, and this is something that you can apply to any element and area of your life. But let me tell you, I noticed that I would always go down the emotional binge. It was never something that was planned. Like I would never wake up in the morning and say, you know what? At six o'clock, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to get a half a dozen donuts and I'm going to get a pint of ice cream and I'm going to get four. For me, and I think for most people who are listening, you never plan to fall off the wagon. When you fall off the wagon, most times it's just some stuff that happened, some spontaneous decision making. And next thing you know is, you know, you're looking down and all you see is crumbs and empty containers that were once full of a bunch of crappy food that you know you didn't eat. And and, and I I know I'm, I'm speaking to a mic and I'm not with people, but somebody say amen or something. <laughs> but what I noticed is the power of proper preparation. When I would take my food with me, two things would happen. Number one, when I would get hungry and when it was time to eat, I would eat the food that I brought. Two, I would eat the proper food in the proper portion. Three, being that I would eat, it would take that edge off of desiring those unhealthy foods. So by packing my own food, I was preparing myself to be a winner. I was preparing myself to be successful. I was preparing myself to never be in a compromised situation to where I had to rely on my strength in a situation. You know, we say this, the flesh is weak. Well, see, I, my flesh was weak and I was the type of person, you know, if I'd smell bread, I would want it. If I would see a piece of cake and somebody would offer, I would want it. But I noticed that when I prepared my foods, I wouldn't go on those binges. I wouldn't fall off the wagon. It sounds like it's insignificant, but if you just try it, you'll see a major difference because what you have to understand is growing is not about getting it all right. It's not about saying, you know what, I'm never going to binge again. I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to eat some bad things. No, but it's about getting better. If you can take three or four episodes of eating the wrong things or skipping meals, even though you're not in the in, in the best place, you see. 
You would have done it three times from now. You, you only did it once this week. That's growth. That concept, that concept of perfecting saints is not a perfect Christian, but it's a person who improves every day, you see. Now, the last thing that I did is, and this is very, very powerful, and then I'm, I'll uh, close things out, is I learned how to identify my emotional triggers. This is huge. This is key. I learned to identify my emotional triggers. What is it that sets you off? Because it's different for everyone. We're all different individuals. You know, I was in a car one day with someone. This guy cut me off. And it, it, it you know, it didn't really bother me. But the person I was driving with got mad. I'm like, you know, fall back, man. You know, it's all good. But then when we went to the building that we were going to, I opened the door for this older lady and she didn't say thank you. He didn't care, but I got mad. See, different things sets us off in different ways and different situations. And and see, when you're talking about emotional eating, right? When you're when you're eating emotionally, what emotion are you having? And see, what you have to understand is the same thing that makes you mad won't make me mad. The same thing that makes you feel threatened won't make me feel threatened. The same thing that makes you happy may not make me happy. Maybe there are some similarities. Maybe it's not. But as an individual, we have to understand what our triggers are. Let me tell you what mine were. Arguments. When I would be at work doing things and I would get into it with if it was staff member what. I would want to go and eat. That was a trigger. Stress. When I had big projects coming up, I would always want to eat. I would be really snacky. I would want, you know, um, cakes and cookies. I was trying to use physical manifestations for a spiritual state. That's what I was trying to do. That's, that's how it was perverted. And the last thing, whenever I was worrying about something, my my food was off. Now, to the to, to the person who submitted this question, you say sometimes, you know, you're eating the wrong things, but sometimes you're skipping meals. What you have to understand is it's still emotional. It's still emotional. And even though in your situation, sometimes is, you know, I don't feel I'm not feeling hungry. The state of hunger, the desire to eat, assuming that everything is physically functioning normally is still an emotional state so this will still help you identifying it now when you identify your trigger this is what people are going to think i'm crazy but this is what i did and the word of the the word of the lord gives us this power whenever you identify the moment you identify it it's almost like you come into your house right and you see that robber who's about to enter your house and you shine your light on him. And you say, I got you. See, when you identify that trigger, that's like identifying that robber that's about to come in your house, hurt your family, hurt you, your children, and steal the stuff that you worked hard to get. So when you identify it, it's like you shining the light on him. When you identify it, you speak to it out loud. 
See, the word says, speak to this mountain. And if you say, if you if you say to this mountain, be ye removed and you believe in it, it shall be removed. We have the spot. We have the power of life and death to claim to decree things we we as sons and daughters of god we got the power to do that and you have to speak to it when i would be stressed out i would say you know what stress i'm not going to let you you have no authority in my life i'm not going to let you mess up my day you know god said in his word that he's come that i may have life and have it more abundantly and god and stress is not a part of the abundance that god wants me to have you speak to it People think you're crazy, but guess what? It doesn't matter. That's fine. Speak to that worry. I don't have to worry. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And what happens is when you do that, something in the spiritual realm begins to shift. And you take power of that situation and you gain an authentic type of power in your own situation. And, and then what you'll notice is you're like, okay, I got it. I didn't eat. And I remember the first time I did that. When I, when I, when I put all these things into play, I exercised that morning, packed my food. When I would identify my thing, I would speak to it and claim the victory that God had already given me over it. What I noticed is I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't I wouldn't binge. And see, for you, if it's that you're skipping a meal, what you're noticing is when you seize that authentic power, you'll notice your appetite probably won't leave. You'll probably feel hungry because you're in a good emotional place. You're in a good place within yourself. Whatever we feel in this physical reality is a byproduct of where we are spiritually. Now, let's say, for instance, last last tip, when I would do all those things, it still wouldn't work. Let me tell you what made a huge difference. Drinking water. I would go do all those different things. and I would just drink a big glass of water. And a lot of times when you think you're hungry, you're really thirsty. That's why getting proper water throughout the day is effective. Well, I. I've done my best with this. I hope you guys enjoy it to the person who whomever you are that sent in this particular question. Thank you for sending in your question. I hope this podcast helps you. I hope it helps others. Share it with your family members, with your friends. Subscribe. Droid users as well as uh, those of you who have iPhones or Mac based products. If you have a question and you want it answered, feel free to email us at um, ask Dr. Joe at ForMyJourney.com. Again, that's Ask Dr. Joe at ForMyJourney.com. RD13 is about to start up. Their official start date is the 14th of September. So we look forward to hosting them in this. Well, gang, it's been real. I've really enjoyed this, and I hope that this particular podcast serves as a blessing for someone else. Remember, this is Journey Living. Journey Living is holistic living, living of the mind, the body, and the spirit. You be well, you be blessed. Send us your questions. Ask Dr. Joe at ForMyJourney.com. Until next time, may the peace, grace, and love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rest, rule, and abide in you. Until next time.